0: Good morning. Welcome to Coffee Moments with Elsie. Today we're looking at seed sowing. Seeds. Sowing and seeds. Seeds and the seed. Seeds and sowing. <laughs> the scripture we'll be looking at is 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 6. It's a scripture that I read almost every day and one I'm sure we're all familiar with. It says, But this I say, he who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and he who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. So let each one give as he purposes in his heart, not grudgingly of necessity, for God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able to make all grace abound toward you, that you always, having all sufficiency in all things, may have an abundance for every good work. And it goes on to. Um, Verse 11, and then in verse 10, let me just bring up something quickly in verse 10. Verse 10 says, Now may he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food, supply and multiply the seed you have sown and increase the fruit of your righteousness. Okay, we usually use this, we, we frequently use this scripture for giving, giving of money, giving tithes, it's a popular scripture for raising, offering. But this one in my perspective is a little bit different. Yesterday I was reading this scripture and it, it crossed my mind that in this place, it says, he who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. And he who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. And somehow I related it to my work, to work, to life. My parents had farms they they had they sowed I mean they they planted some things. When my father retired, he went into full-time farming and I saw how on the on the few on the occasions when I was at home and I saw him preparing um, yams he, he mostly farmed yams, preparing yams for for planting i saw that sometimes he would take whole tubers of very nice looking yams and set it aside for planting and sometimes the whole tuber of yam big tuber of yam they'll split it into four and i remember on one or two occasions i asked that why does he do that why isn't he just planting the head and he explained to me that the better the seed you plant the better the harvest that you get Okay, that's it in a nutshell. And then I thought about our work. The more effort I put into my work, the bigger the seed that I sow, the better the harvest that I can expect naturally. As a writer, the more words per day that I write, the quicker my book will be finished and the faster it will get to my reader's hands. And then the more I promote it, the more I can sell and the more money that I can make. So I'm relating this scripture this morning to the work that we do, the work of our hands when we pray and say, God, bless me, bless the work of my hands. How much, how much more, how much do we think of that work as a seed, as the seed that we are sowing? The privilege to work and earn money is one of the biggest blessings in this world that God has given to to man. So in our work, we should give as much as possible. We should give as much as possible. If you work for, and if you're a salaried person, you work and you get paid a salary. You should put in much, much more because God loves a cheerful giver. So you should give as much as possible. Get to the office early. Leave um, well. Leave when you should leave, but I mean, leave when your work is done or when as much of it has been done. Leave satisfied that you have given your best and do it cheerfully because he says that God loves a cheerful giver now when you have done all of that it is God who gives the increase it is God who gives it God is able to make all grace abound toward you whatever it is you need for me as a writer God is able to give me the grace for completion God brings more jobs my way he brings more ideas my way to write in my books whatever it is you are doing in whatever area of influence Put in your best, sow those seeds, and before long, you will see that the increase is coming and you have abundance in every area. God bless you, and have a great day. Good morning, and welcome to Coffee Moments with Elsie. This morning, I want to talk about standing still versus movement. Standing still versus movement. So I read, I was I've been reading this book um and this morning I came across um it was talking talking about something but I mean there was a scripture in it with reference to Exodus 14:13 Exodus 14:13 is a popular scripture we all know it says and Moses said to the people do not be afraid stand still and see the salvation of the Lord which he will accomplish for you today my dad was um I loved my dad, God rest his soul. He had a lot of beautiful daughters and um his the, the the home in which we we grew up in which I spent my early years was a close kind of but there was um it led to another street, you know, so People would come from behind um, our neighbor's premises and then pass on to get onto the onto the main road. And um, my dad would, in the evenings, he would stand or sometimes sit. He had this recliner that he would put on the veranda with his Bible and his books beside him. And then whenever he saw young men, usually young men passing by or people loitering around or people slowing down around his premises. There was something he used to say. He would say, keep moving, keep moving, keep moving, keep moving. Um, I guess he was doing it because he didn't want anyone maybe loitering around, trying to catch his daughter's eyes or something. I don't know. I really don't know. But he didn't like people loitering around the premises. So he used to do that. And then after a while, we, we, the children, would laugh about it, would be saying, keep moving, keep moving, you know, and um, that was it. it, it looked like nothing, and, and well, we all grew up, everyone left home, and my dad is late, he isn't telling anyone to move anywhere anymore. So, you know, but this morning, I, as I saw that scripture about standing still, I thought about me, I thought about you, I thought about us, I thought about our lives. And how frequently we listen to the voice of my dad and we keep moving when we should be standing still. You know, at the time the Lord told the, Egyptians to stand, to, uh, sorry, told the Israelites to stand still, they were in a huge predicament. The, the Red Sea was before them, the Egyptians were behind them. And honestly, the situation looked really hopeless. And it was at that moment when the situation looked hopeless that the Lord said to them to stand still. And in reflecting over it, I realized that there have been several moments in my life where the situation has looked really hopeless. But what I usually do, and I suspect what a lot of us do, is rather than standing still and waiting for the Lord to do what he needs to do, We keep moving. Keep moving. So we keep moving. We move when we should be standing still and waiting for God because the human system isn't designed for staying still. The human system is not designed for staying still. We have eyes that blink instinctively. We have hands and feet that move. We, all our body systems are in constant movement. We hear medical experts telling us we should move to be healthy, so we move. But sometimes we should ask ourselves, should we not just stand still, still in our hearts, still in our minds, still in our trust, still in our belief, and wait for the Lord to do what it is he needs to do? The Bible in Ephesians 6 tells us that, having done all, you stand. So this morning, I want you to ask yourself, Lord, have I done all? And truly, if you have done all, don't be afraid. Don't be discouraged. Just stand still. Egyptians you see today, you will see them no more. Have a blessed day ahead. God bless you.